thing on the on the shorty. Ooh. Screen. My name is D'Angelo Palladino, and welcome to the locker room. Today, we have a wonderful guest. What's good? His name What's is good? Isaiah Dodgen. Go ahead and introduce yourself, man. What's up, guys? My name is Isaiah Dodgen. Uh, I am from Ironton, Ohio. Went to Ironton High School. From high school, I went on to play football and go to college at Bluffton University and Point University in a suburb of Atlanta, Georgia. I transferred from Bluffton to Point. Um, currently, I am a job site superintendent for Belfour Restoration here in Columbus. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's just about it for me. So, tell us about your journey from, okay. like, the past year. Tell mm -hmm. us your journey and, well, actually, when did you stop playing? When was your last, like, uh, your last? My last year? season was last fall. Okay, yeah. So, give us the last year. Give us the rundown of the last year. In well, COVID hit and affected uh, my last year hugely. So, I shouldn't say last fall. It was last spring. Um so, because we ended up playing our games in the spring, uh, and, you know, I did that. Uh, I had an opportunity to have a COVID year. I did not take it. Uh, so, yeah, I just went on and worked after that just because, you know, I ended up getting my degree and just, you know. Yeah. Boom. Cool, man. So, I went – so, I know you from high school. Yes. Right? But I don't yes. know who Isaiah is before that. And I okay. want you to start from – when you were, you know, playing youth league and, and, and what made you get into sports and, and things like that? Well, I started out playing baseball and basketball. Um, so I started out with baseball. Uh, you know, I liked baseball back in the day, but then I went on and played basketball, liked it a lot more. Uh, played basketball for about three years up until, you know, I was suggested, why don't you try playing football? You know, yeah. I started out late, wasn't very good in the beginning. Uh, so I was, you know, obviously, you know, Ironton had Ironton Eagles, Ironton Bills. Yeah. Uh, so I started out playing for the Ironton Bills. Um, played for them for a few years. Uh, wasn't very good because everybody started before me. Uh, so I was kind of a late start, but I ended up picking it up, and I ended up loving it, obviously, because, you know, went on to play in college. Yeah, dude. Yeah, um, man. That's, that's pretty much how everyone's story goes, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Unless, like, you – like, for me, though, like – my story was a little bit different, but it's, you know what I'm saying, obviously, like, everyone's story ends up the exact same. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It always ends at some point, you know, regardless of how good you were, you know what I'm saying? Because oh, even yeah. Tom Brady. Yeah, you could be Tom Brady of the youth league, but, you know. <laughs> of the youth league. Of the youth league. That's awesome, of dude. Of the youth league. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. But, yeah, dude, so. At what point do you think, though, that sports got to, like, be really serious for you? Oh, definitely high school. 
And it was never serious in the youth league. Anybody that's played in youth leagues knows it's never that serious in the youth uh, league. Uh, I, I mean, unless you're a coach and that's your whole damn yeah. life, <laughs> which was the case of a lot of people in Ironton. But, you know. Yeah, hey, man. It's life or death out here for a lot of people. For a lot of people. You know, a lot of people, it's life or death. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're a dad football coach. Yeah. yeah. Hey, but, hey, I'll tell you what. Those football coaches be the ones that are undefeated every year. They are. Yeah, because hey, they know what the year, hell they're talking about. And every year that their kids go through, that's about it. Then they gone. Oh yeah. But yeah, dude. So yeah, so tell us about your high school experience, man. Like, just tell us in in terms of like how your you know how your identity was with sports and and how you walked around like school, you know, like around the hallways and stuff. Like, did you ever have a chip on your shoulder? Like, so, stuff like that? high school, I had a lot of proving myself to do to everyone. I ended up zoning in on two sports, which is basketball and football. Yeah. I had a lot of proving myself to do in those sports. Um, you know, especially football more than anything, just because that's what I took serious. But I felt like no one would ever, you know, take me as serious as I was taking the sport. Yeah. Um, of course, we had coaches that politics were a huge thing. You know that. We went to high school together. so um, Politics were a huge thing in our school. It was all about who your dad was, who your mom was, you know, the whole nine. And, you know, uh, I felt like our coach was a little outdated. I don't want to say any names, but, you know, the T offense, who the hell runs that well, these days? It's because you're doing your own damn thing. You're gosh. doing your own damn thing. <laughs> uh Nah, but <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, I felt like in high school, if you played football or basketball, you know, as or as a woman, you were playing basketball or doing whatever you did. If you played a sport, you were somebody. But I feel like a major issue in today's time is if you didn't play a sport, you were a nobody. Right, and it's crazy. It's unreal how that works. But you know, it's crazy that. You're lo- you're almost looked at as a number if you don't play a sport. You're not, not even, even a person. Not even a number, bro. But, you know, that's crazy, and that shouldn't be that way because once you're done with college, unless you go pro, you're you're winning. You know, if you, you focused on school more than anything, you're winning. Yeah. You know, but. And, and, and too, like, not even just school, man. You know, focus on yourself. The problem with, you know, the problem with social media and the problem with everything that's going on, and this is off topic, but we needed to go here. Yes. Is we are exposed to too many external ideas of what's going on outside of who we are. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of distractions preventing us to understand the superpower that we have. Yes. Because we're all the reason why we all each each and every single one of us have a different fingerprint. Yeah. Is because each and every single one of us have a different superpower. Yeah. And that's why I tell people, hey, look, man. Individuality is the biggest superpower you could have. You will be a fool to allow someone to direct your path other than the man above if you believe the same way I do. Yeah. Right. Completely agree. Take that as a life lesson. Let's get back to Dodge's <laughs> story here. I just needed to let that out. Yeah, so, yeah. um, so tell, so tell everyone about like how you got into like the community, like, no, not gotten to, but like, tell me, bro. Cause mm-hmm. I want to know. Yeah. 
what was your place within the community? Like, like, well, like, like, if you went to like the store or like in the stuff like that, because like I'm very, I'm very in tune with with my emotions and my feelings and who yes, who, who I am. Yes. So when I would go into a store, this is just for to give you reference. When I would go into a store in Ironton, right. it would be different from when I went into the store in South Point. Right. I mean, every area is different. And I'm saying in terms of status. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're a football player, if you played a major sport, football, basketball, baseball, and, you know, you Ironton was a huge football town. Yeah. Uh, everybody. Ironton honestly worshipped football because in a lot of ways it's all it's got. It's a small town. It's one of those small towns that they pay heavy attention to sports. If you ain't first, you're last. You're, if, you know, you're damn right, son. Uh, but <laughs> – you know, I've, if I walked into a store, you know, most people would know who I am just because of football, yeah. um, especially today, you know, not to sound like a cocky ass or anything. But yeah. hey, if man, you, you if know you, what I say? What? I can be cocky now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was nasty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, to each their own. But, like, you know, if you want – if I, you know, everybody keeps up with athletics in Ironton. So, like, yeah. you know, if you played a sport – you know, most of the time they're going to know who you are just because they always go to the games and yeah. you're out there doing your own thing. But, like, you know, especially today, if you go and play a college sport and you're from Ironton, most people are going to know who you are, you know, yeah. just because of that. Right. So, so I mean, I, I would like to say that most people would know who I am. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. I'm sure they do. Yeah. You live, like, right bes like right beside the high school. Literally, everyone that lives literally. right beside the high school, shout everyone out, knows. Shout out Maston Avenue, man. <laughs> shout out 1001. Hey, shout him out from the, you know what I'm saying, from the rooftop. From the rooftop, yes, sir. <laughs> so, yeah, dude. So, we know that, you know, you went to college and, 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 you know, stuff like that. So, throughout your high school time and your experience of, of, tra of, of transitioning from – Okay, oh, this is this is this is fun football to okay, this is business. 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 So first before we go into that, explain to everyone the the recruiting process of your of how you got there and and and, and everything like Well, that. I think the recruiting process depends a lot on who's coaching you in high school because you know, the coach that Ironson has today is handles things like 360 different than what our coach did. So, me and D'Angelo had the same high school coach, and he didn't really care about college at all. You know, he was like, I just, you know, I don't give a damn about the college. Da, da, right. da, da. So, <laughs> I had to do my recruiting all by myself. You know, literally, it was honestly just something else to add to the plate. You know, I had academics. I had, you know, working out, getting ready to go to college because I knew I wanted to go to college. Yeah. But – you know, that side was like a whole other job. You know, you're finding coaches' emails, sending coaches' emails, sending coaches' film, you know, finding their phone numbers, calling administration offices. It was insane the amount of work that was. You had to go on each individual college's website, find emails, find phone numbers, find, you know, where to send this stuff in each college. And yeah. it's different in <laughs> it's, every college. It's wild. So – and on top of that, you're out there finding camps to go to by yourself. You know, like today, you know, back when we played, Twitter was not a huge recruiting thing mm -hmm. like it is today. You could post yourself on Twitter and somebody's going to see it today. That wasn't the case. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, like in 
the coach that Ironton has now is doing all that for them, yeah. you know, and helping them with helping it. Them. Yeah, but the coach that we had was not – he didn't do – Hometown that. hero. Yeah, home yeah. – yeah. But, um, <laughs> but you know, so, it, so it was a whole other job for me yeah. doing that and, you know, finding the correct camps to go to, finding the right emails, finding the right numbers, deciding, deciding a top five schools I wanted to choose from. So – that's about how that was. Yeah. And so I remember my story, too, for, like, my recruiting process. And I didn't really have to do any of that stuff. Like, I, I you know what I'm saying? Like, because the thing is, though, I got it by luck or by my mother's prayers, bro. Man. Because Man. the way that it just came out of the sky, I was a junior. And Fordham just reached out to me. You know what I'm saying? Out of nowhere, I had no idea who they were from the, you know, from the camps. Like, what camps did you go to, though? Did you ever go so to camps? I went to several camps. Uh, I went to Football University, um, you know, got invited to their top gun camp. Uh, I went to OU, OU's football camp. Uh, I went to Miami of Ohio's, which the first one I got noticed, that was Miami of Ohio's. Uh, I went to Rivals, Under Armour sponsored camp. Um I'd say the most two most important camps I went to though were by far OU and Miami of Ohio's because that is where I met the coach that I went and played for at Bluffton. Yeah, shout out Denny Doral, uh, one of the best coaches I've ever had in my life. I love that man to death. Um, I still keep in touch with him to this day. Yeah. He's just one of those coaches that have a huge effect on you. He's and the man. He genuinely cared for his players. Yeah. And even the coach that replaced him my sophomore year when he left. Uh, Aaron Kreps, shout out Aaron Kreps. He also cared, genuinely cared, man. Um, awesome coach. Bluffton was just a great experience for me, man. I remember that visit we took over there. Yeah, it, it's a nice school, man. Like, if any of y'all are getting recruited by Bluffton, strongly consider it because it is a family atmosphere. I loved, I loved that school. Make sure that you get a full scholarly though, because <laughs> you'll be paying a little. Oh little. yeah, that school is expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but. But yeah, dude, so, okay, so, finally, you know, you got into your college and everything like yes, that. Yes, yes. So, tell me about, like, your your first year. Like first actually, year. Actually, no, hold on. Your first week. First. First week. Are we talking about camp or just when school started? And if, you, and if you're like me and can remember your first night, tell me your first oh, night. Man. So, we talking camp. Uh, nah, like, oh, yeah, so, yeah, yes, so I guess camp, because I, I went to Fordham, so we started. Yeah, we, like, I had to go in July when yeah. it was extremely hot. Uh, first night was honestly the biggest change I've ever went through. You moved in by yourself for the first time or with a roommate. You're away from home for the first time. You know, you're bagging the groceries up, moving into the dorm. And most freshman dorms are not the nicest. Just yeah. throwing that out there. Yeah. Uh, I, everybody's got to have a roommate, I'm pretty sure, as a freshman, unless you buy an apartment, which who the hell has that kind of money? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, but first night was just uh, just a culture shock because you're meeting a whole new group of people, a whole football team if you're playing football, obviously. Yeah. If you're playing another sport, you're playing whatever sport. You're, you know, you're meeting the whole team. Which most of the time that is a whole different group of people. Yeah. And, you know, you go to that and then you just honestly you go straight into it. Workouts, practice, meetings. It's just a culture shock. Like you're you're the most busy you've ever been in your whole life. Mm -hmm. 
you know, because not only you go through camp having the meetings, the study, the playbook, you got to do all this, but you go into school, so you got to continue with that, but you also got school on top of it. <laughs> so it's it's a huge culture shock, it's man. It's huge, dude. Yeah, anybody that plays a college sport knows how big of a culture shock it is. It goes from, okay, you know, football's fun to, okay, so – this is the. This is this not is necessarily now a full time job. Yeah, like you know, you know go that. from it being a luxury to a full time job, <laughs> and you went from knowing everybody most of the time to knowing no one at all, at all, no except for the coach that you. recruited you, and no one cares to know you, and even exactly. the coach that recruited you. You you go from being a huge fish in a small pond to being a little fish in a bigger pond or lake. And I'll take it deeper. Even the coaches, even the coach or coaches that recruited you act like they don't know you well, i mean yeah in a lot of cases they do That's now how, me, yeah. for me <laughs> at bluffton it for me at bluffton it wasn't like that just because it was a special school but and it was a smaller school it was a smaller and, yeah. school too so like you know they treated you like you were genuinely a member of the your, family your best buds yeah your best buddy like they're there if you need help or anything like that because at but, a snap of a finger bro you could drop and not play no more exactly <laughs> yeah so like so, yeah, they, they genuinely they, wanted you to be there right, but right. you know i'm sure you. at the bigger schools you know, at the Ohio States, the Alabamas, you know, they they're you're just a number because right. you're replaceable. You're recruiting coach. You're you're, you're you're a DB, but you're recruiting coach. Yeah, is a running like back everybody, coach. bro. Everybody <laughs> wants to be in your shoes when you're at those bigger yeah. schools because, like, they're well-known schools. So, like, if you get dropped, there's another person yeah. wanting to step in your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> so easily, uh, easily, easily, easily. But yeah, dude. So, um. How did your career go, man? Like, you know, like throughout the years, like how was it in a summary? Into the mic. There's a lot to be said there. Um, so my first year, you know, went through, you know, made so many friends, made so many, met so many new people, man. And, you know, was going to the other games, the soccer games, the basketball games. I, I met some of the best friends, you know, that I still talk to today. Um, you know, it, it was awesome, man. I enjoyed it so much. Um, just, you know, learning the playbook, you know, being able to say, I am playing a college sport right now. Felt nice, didn't it? Felt great. It felt great. And the coaches made you feel good. They were like, man, like you are one of like, what is it? 32% of people that end up going to play a college sport. Yeah. It's insane, man. So That's an insane statistic. I just sat here and thought about this as we're, as you're telling me this. Mm -hmm. So. That, in turn, you know, goes into where we talk about how we attach it to our identity and our value. Yes. So. 100%. With social media, yeah. do you think that you would have valued going to that level if you didn't have it? Like, without social media, would you value yourself for going to Bluffton mm -hmm. if you couldn't post it anywhere? I mean, it. Yes, but at the same time, you know, without social media, not anyone is going to know, like, who you are. Like, outside of the people that you're in direct contact with. So how do you Which think... Which is insane. You know, like, obviously the word would get around to people. Like, you know, oh, he's out playing at Bluffton last time I heard. Yeah. But obviously no one's going to be able to see it. Like, without social media, honestly, you could lie and say you did it and no, not have I, ever done it exactly which is insane it's it's insane it's insanely simple it is 
It's insanely simple. Insanely simple, man. And so for for me, you know, I always have to well, I always have to revert back to me to ask you a certain question. So I'm gonna put this in perspective. So I had like, you know, a really bad knee injury. Um, I ne- you know, I, I never really played, but when I did play, I played really well. Um, and I really, I battled with, with like mental health problems throughout my entire career mm-hmm. in college and senior year in high school. Right. So did you happen to ever have, cause, cause there's a statistic and I forget what, I forget what it's like 80 something or, or 70 to 80% of, of collegiate athletes struggle with depression and mental health issues. This is a proven fact. And I want you to explain to me if you ever had any type of mental health problem due to any type of, you know, out outside source, inside source, whether that was, you know, from females or whether that was from your coaches or from other players. Um, did you have any hardships throughout your experience? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I've always dealt with mental health issues. Um, all my life, you know, from, and I, I, you know, I don't know exactly where it stems from. I feel like it was from my experience in high school, you know, always having to prove myself to people who just look down on me and I'm not going to say any names, but mostly coaches, you know, coaches, my coaches from high school never believed in me ever. And, you know, going to college and playing football all by myself with my hard work when they thought I couldn't do it. No one thought I could go to college and play sports. Yeah. And I did it, which made me feel extremely good. Now, when I got there, I didn't play my freshman year. I played JV, though. Um, you know, it was a very big culture shock because I just became a smaller fish in a huge pond. You know, obviously that had some mental wear and tear, um, you know, and just all the academics, all the stuff that was on my plate, I felt like mentally wore me down and, you know, constantly put a pressure on me that I always had to be doing something, which was, you know, so I felt like it was more mental wear and tear than anything. Now, when I got into a relationship Mm -hmm. and, you know, this is no secret to anyone that knows me, I got into a very, you know, serious relationship in about my sophomore year that caused me to completely transfer schools. Now, when that happened, and I, you know, that relationship ended. That was extremely important to me, way more important to me than it should have been. Mm-hmm. That caused a lot of mental health issues because I was with that girl for three to almost four years. And I felt like that caused a lot of issues on top of the mental wear and tear that, you know, football and school brought. So yeah. all that put together, yes, it did cause me some mental health issues. So 100%. What are some, throughout your experience that you, you know, while you were in college yes what are two if you can't think of two what are two one to two takeaways that there was a kid that was about to go to college Mm -hmm. with the same exact route that you're taking because everyone's everyone's route is different yes but there's someone's route that's duplicative of yours Mm -hmm. so if you could explain or just give advice to a kid that's about to go to the same level with the same path, 
and what would you and this is a, and what would and I tell is, him this is in a sense asking what would you have changed where, where do I begin with that uh, I would have to say to not let anyone deter you from what you want to do I always made the mistake of letting outside sources dictate who I was and my happiness. Mm-hmm. So I would tell someone else to never allow that to happen. Focus on, draw yourself out a path and don't let anyone deter you off that path. Mm-mm. Focus on yourself 100%. Focus on making yourself happy by work that you've put in and help your family out every step of the way on top of that focus on yourself do not focus on the outside sources focus on yourself be yourself and know that dad is good enough prove it to you prove it to you not for anyone else prove it for yourself to to yourself that's literally all accountability is bro is proving it to yourself yes I had horrible <laughs> issues with holding myself accountable, and I feel like that's something that a lot of people struggle with, to whether it's day. the outside partying, girls, women, the it's whole never nine, your fault. You know, it's never my fault. Any, anyone, you know, just what was me? Yeah, you know what? No matter what age you are, I feel like girls and women, no matter what age you are, will be the number one things that take you off your path. Yes. Or as a woman, men, men too. Yeah. No matter what, do, a, no matter know. what age women are, right. I feel like boys and men, you know, just they they'll always be there to you know deter you off your path. To deter you off, yeah. And that's that free will. So we'll now go into the NARP life, and NARP essentially stands for non-athletic regular person. Mm-hmm. So, Dodge, I want you to explain to me day one as a normal non-athletic regular person day one that was i feel like the second biggest culture shock i've ever had because you go for you go from a completely structured life that other people have set up for you and you know as a college athlete you don't really have time for a job you do not have time for a job um, you know, so you go from that to, oh, I have to get a job. You know, I have to figure out what adulting is. Mm-hmm. You know, you ha- you're, you're an adult when you're playing college sports, but you're not doing adult things. You are sticking to the grind, sticking to what is paying for your college. Then you go to, oh, I have to build my credit. I have to pay taxes. I have to pay my insurance payments. I have to pay a car payment. Why didn't anyone teach me this while I was playing football? They, I Like, you are never prepared Mm-mm. for what actual, actual post-college life is. Like, oh, I have to go get my own apartment. It's not a dorm anymore. It's rent every month that I have to pay. On top of, I have to start building my credit. I didn't even know, and this is going to sound dumb, but I didn't even know what credit was coming out of college. I didn't either. Like, I didn't know you had to build your credit. I didn't know you needed <laughs> to get a credit card to build your credit. Right. Like, it, you are never prepared for what it is. And in most cases, you are either, A, moving back home or 
B, you're going to move into an apartment and get a job. And as you sit here and say this stuff, bro, I'm sitting here thinking about that saying, uh, you don't pay attention to what you don't pay for. That's true. And when you put it in terms of experiences and how life works, you don't change with things you don't go through. Because you can be told a thousand times, hey, don't do this before you go to college or don't do this in college or make sure you focus on your books and not focus on your, 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 just your, your sport you play. Mm-hmm. We didn't think about any of that stuff until we experienced that point. Where we were like, whoa, now I see what they were saying. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely crazy to me how those two... That's the truth, man. That's just the truth. That is crazy. It's insane, man. Um, But my first day out, you know, out coming back home to my parents, they gave me a certain amount of time. I think it was two months. Yeah. You have to get a job and get your own place. And I was like, wow. I was not prepared. Yeah. I was about as unprepared as it could get because, you know... And, you know, getting that first job, which for me, it was Honda in Maryville, in Marysville, Ohio, um, and going to a 6.30 to 3.30 job every day, Monday through Friday, was just a huge culture shock for me. And I just, I was miserable because, you know, I was like, I'm fresh out of college and I'm working this nine to five job. Like, I didn't think it was going to be like that. I thought it was like, you know, just just go on with your life you know i didn't know that you had to build your credit pay those taxes pay the all these bills that come in man and i i just felt so unprepared for that and a lot of people do everyone does that's that's the problem you know that's that's the problem because it's like we never really especially in college when you play college sports you never have that opportunity to discover who dodge is outside of my sport yeah like and you go from being that big dog on campus playing a sport to going once again back to the bottom of the barrel at whatever job you decide to go to whatever exactly and that's if you decide to go to a job yes you know those people that go back home to their hometown and they meet with their friends who were watching them on tv and they're like don't even know what to share words with you know what i'm saying like hey bro like uh what are you doing back here i'm 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 an accountant uh yeah, like and you know like what I'm you Which know, is cool, but what, and that's d- and that goes back to the people that kept focusing on ap- academics. Yeah, you know, and you know, just kept going the academic route. You know, focusing on nothing but academics. You know, I feel like they come out of college more prepared yeah. because they didn't have those out that extra outside noise of learning the playbook and things like that, that. too. And they also didn't have the outside noise of like people giving them schedules and telling them how to do things. And you see what I'm saying? We were pampered and babied all the way up until graduation. Yeah. And now coaches kind of held your hand. Coaches kind of held your hand. So that's why those, the, the, the NARPs that are in school when they graduate. Now, obviously they have the outside noise of the women still and things like that. But yeah, but but it's way worse as an athlete. It is way worse (laughs) as an athlete. It is way worse as an athlete because, you know, as an athlete, you know, 
you're kind of the big dog on campus. You know, kind you're of. you're kind. Well, you know, Depends you are you are the big dog on campus. I mean, I still to this day, you know, find myself as I meet a woman on, you know, social media. Like I played football in college. I still, you know, and I, when I was in college, it was I'm on the football team. So like, you know, it's it's just. It's just an identity that yeah. you create for yourself. I played a college sport. Sports. You know, I am a college athlete, or today for me it is I was a college it athlete. Was. was it was it hard for you to like introduce like let's say like to new people? Yes. Let's say you were to meet someone new. Okay. Like how would you feel on the inside, bro? Like cuz with me, I would feel somewhat not understanding of who I really was when I would introduce myself to new people. Like, because I'm no longer an athlete, but I'm no longer, like, you go the Angelo. From, you, the go from of, yeah, go you go from saying, I am on the blank team, to I am a, in my case, job site superintendent for Belfort Restoration. That has to become your identity instead of, I am on the blank team. It is I am this role at this job, which is a bigger transition than what you think. That's why they they say imposter syndrome. Yeah. Coming out of college sports is probably the biggest form of imposter syndrome. You have no out there. idea what is it's, going on. I've had so many people that I know that play college sports that are now in counseling or feel like they need a counselor just because you go from getting you know yelled at from a coach or being coached for four to five straight years and in some cases six to having someone boss you around in an office or mm. on the job on a job site you and went from proving yourself to your coaches to proving to, to yourself to your manager. To a whole company, not even just a manager, to a whole company. Some people climb the corporate ladder, which much respect to them because I could never do that. Yeah. Like, I, my brother's wife went from being a fry cook in an Arby's to working corporate for an Arby's, which is insane because you're climbing up a huge corporate ladder with that alone. That's the difference between last generation and this this generation, we understand that there's quick money, so it's hard to work for slow money. We, this generation's <laughs> biggest issue, from my perspective, is instant gratification. Yeah. Because there it's are so fast. many lazy ways to come up with a little money Yeah. that comes to you instantly. Instead of last generation's big thing was putting money in the stock market and watching it grow over Yo. a span of 50 years. That's why there's a bunch of low Nobody wants to do that anymore, but yeah. they should. Yeah, they should. Not, there, there's not really a lot of low-key millionaires that are like our age, I feel like. No. I mean, I've, I feel like, like the easy, like everybody's taking the easy route. You know, everybody wants to go viral and go that route because it's easy. Like, you don't have to physically strain yourself or anything like that. It's just like yeah, it's just, post it's just a funny video and hope it gets millions of views <laughs> and you get millions of followers out of it. Oh my gosh, Which, so. coming out of my mouth, that sounds so just, you know. But 
that the biggest problem of this generation is getting completely comfortable with instant gratification yeah. rather than putting in the work for something that comes later. I would have to agree, dude. And, um, you know, that just kind of brings me on to like my next question. So I wanted to, and I thought about this on my way, like when you were on your way over here. Mm-hmm. So like with myself, bro, I felt overwhelmed a lot of the time, at least like my first two to three years. And just like to where I got to a point where I'm like, you man, you know, man, like I wish I never played football because I just feel so behind on what's left for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm only 21 at the time and I've got all this time left. I wish I'd never put myself in that position. Did you ever get to that type of, of point before ever? Well, yes and no. Because I feel like I want to say yes, because when I came out of college, it goes back to what I said a little bit ago, like I was just so unprepared. So obviously it's overwhelming. I mean, my parents gave me a certain amount of time that I had to be in a new place. You know, like, okay, we got to first teach you how to build your credit and the consequences that if you don't build your credit, like what could happen? And that alone just made me feel overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, dude, like, okay, let's say you max that out. Alone, Gene, that let, alone, Gene. Let's, let's just say you, you max out your credit card. You have to pay it off or you're going to be in debt the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. And then you get turned over to what's called the collection agency, which, again, I didn't know what that was until someone told me after college. <laughs> That's crazy. And, like, you know, I feel like if you're a college athlete, you always have to have that – that catch yeah some if you fall someone's gonna catch you every time when you get out of college and go into the real world who's gonna catch you because a lot of people don't have that nobody at all nobody you're you're you have to dig yourself out of every hole whereas in college as an athlete you had somebody that would dig you out of that hole every time every time you know most places you say i'm a student or i'm a student athlete and there's, you know, leeway. If you're not in college anymore, man, there's no leeway. You either pay it off or you're screwed or you're in debt the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, and I feel bad for people who didn't have a scholarship because not only do you have that debt, but you have student loan debt. Exactly. So what do you have to say to someone that asks you, hey, man, you know, What's some advice in 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 terms of what what you were just talking about? Okay, give give give, give start it, talk when to you're it. when you're in your senior year of college. I would tell someone to start looking up all these things immediately. Prepare yourself. Know what taxes you have to pay. Know what health insurance you got to pay. No, you know, know where you're gonna get your health insurance from. You know, just know what you're getting yourself into in the real world. Go, and if you need help, seek help. There is nothing wrong with seeking extra help. So what would you say to someone who says, I just, you know, I just don't have that time. I just, you know, that my, my, my time is caught up and, you know, I, I, I just don't have much time to figure that out. You're going to have to make the time. <laughs> as hard as it is, you, you're going to have to eventually make the time. So as humans, we usually react to fear so 
what I've learned over the over the years of you know myself and 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 the relationships that I have with other people is you really have to go through it, bro, to learn from it. Because fear brings fear and 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 worry brings out action. And you can tell someone, "Hey, bro, you better move." Or that guy's he's he's gonna shoot you in your leg. Yeah, I, I've always been and you'll stand some, there. Yeah, I've always and you'll stand there and stand there and stand there and stand there until he get shoots shot you in the leg. leg. And but I guarantee you're gonna move next time. Exactly. Well, here's the thing. I've all one of my favorite quotes is the most beautiful thoughts are always beside the darkest. Just like, but that has like a similar meaning with your most beautiful times are always right next to the darkest times. Yeah. Like I've always been told by my brothers and my father that they're the, the time that they are the most fond of is when they were the lowest because they learned so much. They learned so much. You learn your limits. You You learn, learn, you learn, you learn, what to do and you know what to do the next time something like that could potentially come up yeah. so you know how to just kill it right you know before it happens you know how to move right before it happens so the red flags are bright and red. you and <laughs> i've al- i've always been i've always been a thinker of like and you know my thoughts have always been you do your best work you do your you're at your best when your back is against the wall because you have to be at your best or you or you're not going to do the best you can yeah so something i noticed when i got out of school you know and was working i did the most overtime and made the most money because i had to i had to make extra money or i wouldn't be able to live right you know and i'm still doing that to this day i'm working every bit of overtime i get because you know i have to or i'm not going to be able to live man like and if that means skipping a weekend and working, got to. You have to. Od. You know, skipping OD. that party as as much as it sucks because <laughs> no one no one has FOMO like me, dude. Oh yeah, you're no the, one has FOMO like you're me. the man when it comes to that. Oh man, yeah. I I am horrible about FOMO, and you know I I will be the first to say I've skipped some overtime when I probably <laughs> needed to work it because I wanted to have that good time again, instant gratification. <laughs> instant gratification. You know, you work that overtime so in two weeks you could get a bigger paycheck. But, you know, no one is FOMO like me, you know, and I do not advise you do that because, you know, I've made some mistakes. So we're going to go to the last portion here. And I call this, you know, pick your brain in a way. But I want to ask you this one to three to four questions. Ask as many as you want. So, I want you to explain to me what it is that you're currently doing and why. What is the most important thing to you as we sit here right now in this moment? Mm-hmm. What are three things that you are most grateful for as we sit here right now in this moment and what is your definition of happiness 
and what would make you happy? All right, one at a time. So like, ask me the first one, one at a time, so I can so, answer, answer. So I can answer so every going, one of these questions. Yeah, the so best I'm gonna, I'm going to, I'm gonna ask them. I just wanted to give you. Okay, gotcha. You see gotcha. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I just want to answer these be- these to the best of my ability. Question one. What is it that you're currently doing and why? Okay, so currently I am a job site superintendent for Belfour Restoration. Uh, I am doing that because it was a job that I had a great opportunity to get. Uh, and it is a great opportunity to climb the corporate ladder for this company. Uh, I've worked my complete ass off to get to this point. And, you know, I'm reaping some be- said benefits from it. Uh, I get paid pretty decently. Um, but I'm doing it because, man, I've got to live. You know, I've got to live, and I feel like this is a great opportunity to climb in a company and, uh, you know, go for everybody's position. You're the man. Yes, sir. You're the man. I definitely try. So what is the most important thing to you as we sit here right now in these seats? Family and the relationships I've been able to maintain, 100%. Because as anyone will find out, as you get older, you find out who is true to you, who wants the best for you, and who genuinely cares for you. I am somebody who has had a very hard time with that because I've lost a lot of friends recent. Yeah, I've lost a lot of friends either because they backstabbed me or because they just didn't stick around and they weren't there for me at my lowest. So the people that are there for you at your lowest and want to pick you up and help pick you up in any way I can. Don't judge you. Those are the people that are the most important to me 100%. I would have to agree with you on that, bro. Mm -hmm. So what are three things that you are most grateful for as we sit here? The hard times. The hard times. And I'm not going to lie to you, and this is probably the first time I've ever said this, but probably the girl I dated for three and a half years. Because even though she absolutely broke my heart, again, I was at my lowest at that point mentally. And I look back on that so fondly because it showed me probably one of the biggest life lessons to not give yourself to whether it's a friend, a relationship, to not give yourself and completely indulge in it. Because I uprooted my life and completely moved to a different school. And we didn't really touch on this when I was talking about college. But I completely moved to a different school, eight hours from home, eight hours from anyone in my family or friends, and did it just to get broken up with. And it taught me probably one of the most beautiful life lessons to not give yourself so easily and to not let anyone take over your life and what your goals are and to not jump off your path so quick. And that's why I said earlier, make a path, stay on that path, do not let anything or anyone deter that. So I would say, number one, I'm thankful for that and grateful for that. Uh, Again, second thing, grateful for the relationships that I've kept and grateful for my family because I've had some low points and they've always been there to help me out of it. Uh, Third thing that I'm grateful for would probably have to be, you know, my coaches at Bluffton. Uh, 
they taught me some amazing life lessons as well. And they made me feel so welcomed at a time that was such a culture shock to me. Um, you know, that I look back on that time so fondly as well, you know, and it, I've just never felt like I was in such a family atmosphere. So yeah. I would say those are the three things. And that's very important. Very important. Very, very important. Huge. It's huge. So what is your definition of happiness? <sighs> what would make you happy right now and why? Okay. My definition of happiness. Uh, I would say what I've been taught. The definition of happiness is hard work. Hard work and knowing that you grinded to get yourself to a point to where you're comfortable. I've learned that because I've been, I've had those lazy streaks, man, where I didn't want to get up for work or anything like that. But by definition of happiness would have to be hard work and knowing that in yourself you are making yourself happy from the hard work you put out from the money you've earned earned not been given but earned and knowing that you have lived your life up to whatever point you are right now having no regrets and that's something I'm going to struggle from because I've made a lot of decisions that I regret completely so I would say the three things that make up my definition of happiness are hard work self happiness happiness within yourself from yourself and um i forgot what i said it doesn't <laughs> uh, matter uh yeah because we because the yeah. thing is is i heard what you were saying bro yeah yeah and you know no just knowing that you've done everything you have no regrets that was the third thing no, no regrets. regrets no regrets Doing everything to the best of your ability, thinking thoroughly before you make any decision. No regrets. Completely. Ladies and gentlemen, Isaiah Dodgen. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Man, it's been a pleasure. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure, man. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing what you have and what God has given you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And the story that you are yes, going sir. along with. Yes, sir. You My are story. the man, and you always will be. Thank you. Thank brother. you so much. Thank man. you so much for having me on here, and I can't wait to continue much working love. working with you at Locker Room. Much love, brother. Yes, sir. Put me in my eye. Yes, sir. Let's go. Let's go.